0: Warning, this podcast contains adult content including frank discussions of sex and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy! Blood
1: spiked the lavender. The scratch of the pencil shifted, going from idle loops to something more deliberate, and the Franklin bells began to ring. Henry tensed, so Vincent deliberately ran the nail of his thumb over the rigid outline of the head of the other man's cock. A startled gasp escaped Henry, largely covered by the bells and his hips shifted. Vincent grinned in the dark, imagining how Henry must be fighting with the need to move to try to keep his hand from shaking and giving away anything. The bells rang more and more frantically, and Lizzie's hand tugged against uh, against his with the violence of her movements. And then, on the other side, Henry tried to pull away to break the circle. His fingers shook, and Vincent's, he must be close. Vincent gripped his fingers hard to keep him from pulling away, and ran a final, firm caress down Henry's prick from head to base. Lizzie cried out sharply, the pencil snapping, bits flying away, the racket of bells crescendos the suspended ball striking them so fast it must be deafening. Vincent's mouth was lavender and blood, and Henry's head arched back in a silent cry.
0: Claire. Neil. I'm really excited for you to give context for that scene.
1: It's the scariest hand but, job ever, <laughs>
0: it's, it's the spoopiest hand job ever.
1: It's also it's one of the most erotic seances I've ever read
0: <laughs> <laughs> which means we need to read more seances. but first we need to yes. do a podcast Claire. <gasps> a this podcast? is our super super special bonus spoopy episode <laughs> spoopy 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 That's right listeners we did three episodes this month Yes you're welcome yes yes. 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 Um, because we're going to do not as many in November. We'll talk about it later, but Claire. Oh no, first, yes. hi, I'm Neil. Oh, I'm Claire. <laughs> and this is FMK Lit.
1: <laughs> where we read two romance novels.
0: A straight one and a queer one.
1: And then we play fuck, Mary kill with the characters.
0: And all the spoilers.
1: Oh, so many spoilers. And I will have to say, usually, like, there's uh, just a happy ending at the end of the books, so I really don't Mm -hmm. feel bad about spoiling them. But when Mm -hmm. there's ghosts and terrors involved, I do start Mm -hmm. to get a little bit like, maybe we shouldn't. But fuck it. Sorry. We're surprising everybody. Surprise.
0: Surprise. (laughs) No one's surprised that we're giving spoilers. But... um, They shouldn't at this point. (laughs) I know. I would recommend... If you're interested in reading these books, go read them first, and then come talk to us.
1: Yes, and actually, like uh, Dark House, um, I've, I saw from the author's webpage, is actually going to be like put away in a sort of vault for a little bit, so you might not have a whole lot of opportunities to do so. And if you're reading this a year later, you might not have gotten that opportunity, and ours is the only place you can uh, know about the book.
0: And you know what? That's fine oh my god <laughs> spoilers spoiler that's fine spoilers but claire what books did we read
1: okay well today for today's podcast we read dark house experiment in terror one by katrina hale oh karina i am so sorry by karina hale mm-hmm. and restless spirits by jordan l hawk
0: great what was the theme
1: This theme was haunted houses. Spoopy. Spoopy. spoopy.
0: Um, (laughs) Look, there's so much
1: to be afraid of this October. Let's just be afraid of ghosts for a little bit. Let's just
0: be afraid of ghosts. The least frightening thing to be afraid of this October is ghosts. Ghosts. Great. Um, Before we get into it, Claire, what Uh has got you all hot and bothered?
1: What indeed has gotten me all hot and bothered? Um, I'm going to say my own inability to do things right now
0: oh no okay i'm i'm, okay. I'm
1: more bothered christine, by it than hot i'm not hot christine about is it.
0: nodding her uh, <laughs> agreement vigorously
1: look at the beginning of this whole mess i was like miss betty crocker i'm like oh i gotta go to the farmer's market i gotta get my shit together i'm pff, i'm making sure we've got vegetables for every fucking meal I am cooking up a storm I, I baked one loaf of bread But I knew myself already I was like, I'm not doing that shit And I didn't, and that's fine And I did not, I was not angry at myself But I did make my husband learn how to make pizza So, pff, good for me Yeah But I'm gonna have to say, as we've continued on I'm mostly thinking to myself Fuck it <laughs> 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 Fuck it I- Oh, it's
0: It's not that I'm busy all the time. It's that I'm just lazy.
1: I honestly, like I have gotten a little bit more busy between podcasts and our and my day paying work life has like kicked up like a bunch of notches. So I've actually been working late and early. Wow. Like I've been doing a lot more work and the theater company I work with um, has been doing a whole lot of work as well. Um, if anybody's interested, it's an awesome theater company. We are doing a lot of fun stuff right now. You can look at us up on the internet. Blah, blah, blah. I did my plug. So <laughs> um, so I've been really busy. But in addition to that, I just don't want to step foot in my kitchen. I, I don't. I don't want to be in there. I don't want to open up the refrigerator. I just want food to appear in front of me, whole and ready to go and in my <laughs> mouth.
0: See, I've been doing, like, I've been using baking as therapy lately, where I, I'll i go into the kitchen on a weekend day, I'll play my Parisian cafe music on my Bluetooth speaker, and I'll just, like, go at it. But it's getting to the point now that if it doesn't turn out the way I want it, I get angry at myself and frustrated. No! <laughs> so it's like, oh, this hobby that I'm not perfect at. So I'm trying to be better you're about just that.
1: learning how to do it you're still learning <laughs>
0: i know i know also um i'd say like 75 percent of it is the fact that my oven doesn't understand what temperature is i got an oven thermometer and discovered my oven has no idea what the hell is going on it has one job and it does not know how to do it properly
1: that's always but... a shocker I, yeah i discovered my like when we first moved in my oven is 24 five degrees cooler than it thinks it is
0: (laughs) girl i try to set my (laughs) oven for 350 i have to have it set on like 380 to stay at 350 for 40 minutes otherwise it'll Uh. dip down to 300 and then my cakes are all uneven and flat i've pulled out more than one hockey puck they've been delicious and they have been cooked they just didn't rise
1: yes Ugh. upsetting (sighs)
0: Anyway, but I'm going to be trying um, frosting, like making it look all professional frosting this weekend. So we'll
1: see how Ooh, that goes. super fun.
0: It won't go well because I've never done it before. And then I'll get angry at myself for it.
1: Just remember, you have to let that cake cool. And it always takes way longer than you think it does.
0: <laughs> yes. I have to let it cool. I'm trying to crumb layer this weekend, which is where mm-hmm. you put a little skinny layer of frosting on it to seal in all the crumbs and then you set that in the fridge for half an hour and then you do the outside there?
1: I I uh recommend the freezer
0: My freezer's not large enough
1: Oh no Well then obviously Also, there's the stuff fridge. in it <laughs> Yeah but I would definitely always say like every time I've done it crumb layer included like I've had to like cool it way longer than I thought mm,
0: yeah. mm-hmm.
1: so like give it a little extra time also because our refrigerators aren't the temperature they say they are either
0: Uh, what's the point of anything everything's a lie
1: everything is a lie but I'm sure yours are going to be amazing because I've tasted your baking and it is super good thank you and I'm still holding your plate hostage and will for a long time
0: (sighs) that's fine I suppose I guess I'll like put up with seeing you in person again for a plate
1: We'll see. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> what, what has got you hot and or bothered?
0: So an amusing amusing to me thing happened the other day. I was on BuzzFeed and I was like, here's a list of like, I don't know, 15 romance novels, new romance novels that we're excited about. I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna peruse this, maybe bookmark a few of them for consideration for this podcast. And it showed the covers of each one. And hey, guess what? Hmm. Uh... I'd say at least 10 of them, the covers were like simplistic drawings of people on bright pastel colors, a la red, white, and Royal blue and get a life. Chloe Brown, Mm -hmm. like almost all of the covers looked like that. So I think it's safe to say that we're approaching the point where that cover aesthetic is oversaturating, oversaturating the market. It's, it's gonna be over soon I was just shocked I was like I expected a few but it was like so many it was yeah insane it's
1: it's it's a lot it's definitely a lot and I do feel like this is like that's the cover they put on quote unquote prestige romances like romances that are like supposedly better and if I go into a independent bookstore and I'm sorry independent bookstores I truly do love you I really do but honest to God you don't have romance sections and it is hard (laughs) to find romance books And especially if that's what I'm looking for. And I know that you're going for more prestige and you're cultivating something. And that's great. That's great. But I, I see you in your mystery fuck section where it's just, those books are also shit. Your, uh, there's a whole bunch of fantasy books and we all think like, Oh, fantasy books belong in a nerddom or something. But a bunch of those are genre bullshit books. You can stock some romance. <laughs> But what they
0: do stock
1: is the prestige ones. And usually the prestige ones are the ones with those covers. Um, And Mm -hmm. I think, like, Crazy Rich Asians and that whole book series is definitely, like, the Mm -hmm. simple book cover. And, like, those are all romances. Like, let's not, like, play around. Mm -hmm. But so they all have that book cover and then a bunch of the other ones like and great i'm i'm so glad that romance is finding sort of like a mass market appeal that can even get into like these these harder to get into bookstores great hooray but i think that also Mm -hmm. means we're missing out on a lot of other books (laughs) that deserve a place Mm
0: -hmm. yeah yeah i think not to say that i don't appreciate the aesthetic because some of them do look really good um, like the Crazy Rich Asians, those covers are absolutely gorgeous. Um, but yeah, I think it's just funny that it's a way to like, quote, distinguish, quote, distinguished contemporary romance from the Bodice Rippers, which is like, like the real life people in the, the flowing silks grasping at each other desperately. Um, so I, I, I just wonder a how long that's... Uh, yeah. I just wonder how long that that's going to continue to be a thing. Like, that's going to be a code for people who are in the know of, like, oh, this is actually romance, but we're pretending that it's, like, quote, literature. So. What's your yeah, theory? No,
1: I agree. Uh, my theory's kind of gross. But, like, uh, my theory is that there's a lot of, like, mixed, mixed race romances that um, publishers feel are mm. more palatable if they have the if they have this graphic cover rather than covers with like people's mm-hmm. actual faces on them, so like as like and I I feel like that's changing a lot, but I I feel mm-hmm. like it's just it's a it's a shame because like when you go into the bigger bookstores like a uh, uh, Barnes and Noble that's the one that still exists right, um,
0: then is like that, you see I was like I to say is that still a thing?
1: I don't remember which one is still the the one, but so then like you you go to the romance <laughs> section which is huge and uh and it's full of all these books and the ones with like th- people of color on them are harder to find, harder to locate like or they're shoved into a section that's either called ethnic or something like very racist and then mm-hmm. um or they've got the they're in more of the prestige like fiction section and they have like the they have the graphic cover on them even though their romances with a happy ending anyway i don't really know i haven't sat down i haven't had meetings with these people i don't really know but that's my theory but
0: i mean looking i mean looking at our you know admittedly small sample size like the books that we've been talking about just now the crazy rich agent series get a life chloe brown and red right and royal blue involve entirely people of color or interracial couples. Yep. And I know there's another book that's like on my list, uh, that, um, make friend of the podcast recommended the kiss- kissing quotient. And I know that at least one of those characters is Asian and that has the same aesthetic on the cover. So I think if we, if we decided to do a deep dive there, there could be evidence to support your theory Claire and that makes me sad
1: I will also say like um, there's like uh, it's still pretty popular to have like uh, for some romances if, if it's supposed to be like It feel more like a uh, women's literature I hate that fucking phrase but feel more like women's literature and then it has like a woman on the cover but it's her back her back is to us and her hair is like blowing in the wind and she's looking out over something or shopping or something and she's a white lady she's always going to be a white lady (laughs) Mm -hmm. and but if it's a woman of color then she's often in graphic design
0: Hmm.
1: not all the time and I'm sure there's going to be people who can point that out to me where that's not true but Mm
0: -hmm. yeah I we've I think we've mentioned that Alyssa Cole her covers are never her covers are always photographs of black people in absolutely gorgeous prints and fabrics
1: oh my god those are they're so beautiful but um, (laughs) um um she's actually like she just came out with a brand new book which is really Mm -hmm. exciting and it is about um and it is not a romance um it is called when no one is watching and it's about and it's a psychological thriller oh so that is very exciting um and Uh, A ton of respect for Alyssa Cole, who definitely seems to have a voice in when her books are published and what she wants them to look like. And she does, Mm -hmm. like, press that voice. And I am in awe of Alyssa Cole in so many ways.
0: Ooh, the cover is gorgeous.
1: Yeah, it's also got to do with gentrification.
0: Great. Well, it's good thing it's a brownstone.
1: It looks so good. It, the book looks so good. Hey, we should probably talk about the books that we read for this podcast.
0: Let's let's talk about something less frightening than racism. Ghosts <laughs> or a racist ghosts. But we still have it? to deal. We still have to deal with racism in one of these books.
1: We do so much. <laughs> Actually, in both of these books, both <sighs> of these books is a, one of them. In a, oh in yeah, one of them is... one of them in a teaching moment way, and the other one in a. This is how people talk way.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And the other one in the, I don't, I don't think the author realized that she's doing this kind of way. And we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Let's get into it. Dark House. Experiment in Terror, number one, by Karina Hale. Book one in a slow-burn horror romance series from a New York Times, USA Today, and Wall Street Journal bestselling author. Take all the suspense and sexual tension of the X-Files, combine it with the charm and antics of Supernatural, and the creep factor of any of those ghost-hunting TV shows, and you got... Dark House. Well, not quite. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Oh god, okay. Dex and Perry might have the chemistry of Mulder and Scully, and the scares of the Winchester brothers, but I promise you this duo is unlike anything you've read before. When 23-year-old Perry Palomino... (laughs) Sorry, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> this is the dumbest name! <laughs>
1: no, no, no. Neil, we read a book where a man's name was Corner, and he yeah, chose this is, that name for himself. This,
0: this is dumber. Okay, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> when 23-year-old Perry Palomino explores a supposedly haunted lighthouse, she runs into YouTuber Dex Foray, a sexy, snarky, and opportunistic ghost hunter who doesn't quite believe in ghosts. What Dex does believe in is making money, and in Perry, he sees a viable opportunity. Create a ghost hunting show on YouTube that would rival anything you'd see on TV, and watch the dollars roll in. But creating and filming a ghost hunting show isn't easy, especially when the ghosts start hunting them, and sometimes your inner demons are harder to battle than real-life ones. Warning. There are two things you need to know about this book. One. The series does get sexier as the books go on. So I should warn you now, this, to- this book is totally PG except for language. Please mind the very crude language. And two, this was the author's first book written back in 2009. She's written 55 novels in all genres since then. But please note, we all have to start somewhere. That said, enjoy the crazy ride. <laughs> Claire. Uh, yeah. Claire. Claire that was that book or that's what that book says
1: that's what that book says
0: what is this book about
1: um oh neil this book is so many things this This book (laughs) is a discussion on mental illness
0: this Uh book
1: is um it's sort of a coming of age novel Mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. finding out who you are this book is the one place where you're going to find this kind of dude (laughs) and and i'm just like i just i okay okay
0: to your point so much (laughs) The guy is naggy and snarky, and the girl has no self-esteem. I've never seen this combination of characters before in my life. It was so fresh and original. (laughs) Girl. Um, This book was nutso pants.
1: This, uh, like, it was, okay. We open up on the life of Perry Palomino, who is a 23 year old who just recently graduated from university and by recently I mean about a year and a half ago. (laughs) Uh, She has a job as a receptionist. This was actually my single favorite part of this book because she describes herself as having gone to like, you know, school for marketing and advertising. And then she got a job in that world right away, right after she graduated, despite the bad economy. And I was like, Mm -hmm. girl, no way. And then I turned the page and it was like, she was a receptionist. I was like, now I believe it. Now I believe it. Now it's fine. I buy it. I buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And that was honestly the most realistic part of this book.
0: Yeah. Um, This, I cannot help but feel that she was aged up. Yes. Because it's, she read like a 15 year old.
1: She read like a fifteen-year-old. Um, she didn't have any. Uh, there was very few reminiscences of her college life and being away from her family. Mm-hmm. All of it was locked up in like what it was like, kind of with her family. And there was a lot of high school stuff. Like there was. Yeah. So she had done drugs and had like cutting, and there was a lot of like stuff in high school that um, sort of informed who she was now. And then we just skip four years where she was in college and there's a little bit of like, oh, here's this girl from college who kind of was a mean girl to her then and just happens to be dating the guy who was in high school, who was like the jock and like, and I was like, I don't know, like, I'm really starting to feel like this is the one place the book found edits because it feels mm-hmm. like she was going to go on to college, but she had, like, a lot of problems. Like, a lot. Yeah, And then this... she didn't go to college, and she's just got to take this, like, job as a receptionist. Mm-hmm. So it feels like she's probably supposed to be 19 or 20 instead yeah. of twenty four,
0: 24. But then she's, like, there's a point. Okay, so she has no friends. And there's a point where she is at her uncle's house hanging out with her cousins who are like 19, right? Yeah. And then her sister who's like 15 is making out with this guy and the way that Perry Palomino, which again is such a ridiculous name, is jealous of her sister i mean like oh there's another guy across the fire that i think is cute except i'm like so hopeless when it comes to talking to boys but i'm like also you're 23 and he's probably like maybe 19 maybe 18 like get it together girl she's hanging out with minors and it's just like come on uh get some friends oh but she can't because she has no self-esteem I mean because she's she's curvy and not as pretty as her sister but also her parents are awful her sister's a bitch like yeah
1: this is one of this is definitely one of those books where it's like um uh, a sort of plus size main character and her and a lot of like her self-esteem and issues are set up around her size and weight and like the things that she likes and that Uh, she's into Slayer and she's into good bands and everybody else doesn't care about music. And then, but also she's not into fashion, but she also is sort of, but she's in gothy sort of whatever. And, uh, and it, and like, that's all fine for me. Like that's okay. But then this book like broke two of the rules that I hate about books that have plus sized main characters, which is one, there's a scene where a dude wants to see her eat (laughs) and it's like and sort of tells her like you should feel comfortable eating whatever you want and then two um everybody who's skinnier than her deserves her ire and she gets ire from them and so like it's like constantly everybody's set up and pit pit against each other and the only one who doesn't have any feelings about her weight is the love interest
0: on top of that every woman in this book is awful, except for her boss, but then she doesn't really care about the job. So she doesn't really notice that the boss is like, oh, hey, are you doing okay? Do you need to take some time off? We have, like, your insurance covers. Um, Oh, oh, no, here's the thing. The first scene with the boss, the boss is like, hey, do you need to take some time off? Your benefits include... um,
1: Mental health stuff.
0: Mental health, but later in the book, when she gets the promotion, she's like, "Oh, and well, now I'll finally get benefits." Yeah. Bitch, whatever. Anyway, I'd like to read a quick passage. So oh, okay. Um. It's, it's meant to be important to the plot, but it's not important to the plot at all that she gets a promotion. And there's one point where she's gone. She's like, "How could they hire a temp while I was gone?" It's like girl you're the receptionist of course they're gonna hire a temp when you're gone and then she gets this promotion and the girl that came into temp for her gets hired in as the new receptionist and this is to me is an example of like when it like yeah the bitchy girls are bitchy like that girl from college but then like every single woman in this book there's something like off-putting about her and there's a reason that we shouldn't like her so this is the new the new receptionist. Something about her just screamed receptionist. It could have been she was cute, tanned and blonde, with the whitest teeth I have ever seen north of California. Or her enthusiasm and immediate organizational skills. She filed all the staplers on her morning break, you know, for fun. Or it could have been that she seemed genuinely interested in helping people unlike me who believed a dull stare was just as effective. So let's, the first thing we, oh, everybody likes her because she's like pretty and blonde and tan. Oh, but also she is actually good at the job and I'm not. So it's like, why are we angry at her? Why don't we like her? Oh, it stems from your self-esteem issues where any girl that you think is prettier than you deserves to be put down because of it. Even when this particular girl has been nothing but nice to you. And when she watches you be unprofessional on the phone, she's like, I'm going to go to the bathroom now and like gives you the space to do that. And I bet she's not telling anyone about it. But no, because she's pretty and blonde, like she's a bitch. Obvi.
1: Yeah, yeah. I so think obnoxious. Like, um, I think as somebody who, you know, has had like complex feelings about weight and has not always treated other people well because. Of their weight but then also not Treated myself well because of my own self esteem Issues and then having a lot around That like I understand Or I have em- a deep empathy for the Complexities around that especially As a woman especially those people around you But you cannot fill A book full of women And have them all be horrific Except for your main character Yeah, And you It's just unacceptable <laughs>
0: And and like when it's we've come across this a lot and in this situation it happens to be because she's plus size. In um fucking uh the vampire book. But okay. Yeah. Um it was because she was like better than everyone around her. Yeah. For yeah. for no reason that was apparent in the book. Yeah, even, Um,
1: like, so Perry does have a younger sister, like, as we mentioned before, and she's beautiful or whatever, and is actually supportive of her sister. Like, and mm -hmm. so we do see these good sides, but, like, we still, the main character puts a lot of jealousy and ire on her because of her own, like, self-esteem issues, which Mm -hmm. are And there's a lot of issues going on, like, like, it seems like we keep alluding to maybe like a suicide event that happened previous before the book started, or possibly like a schizophrenic sort of event, maybe where she just saw ghosts or something. We keep referring to something that never quite comes about that had like, which is why she also lives with her parents still. And... That seemed really confusing. Anyway, okay, I'm going to real <laughs> quick. We haven't even talked about the plot. We haven't we even have talked about the plot. Talked
0: of, oh God, okay. I am going to
1: I'm going to hit it really quickly. The, the, sure. Because the, the the worst part about this book is it doesn't start until forty five percent. Like Girl. it took forever to get there. Perry and her Perry and her parents go to her uncle's place. Uh, he owns a big plot of land, and on that plot of land is a lighthouse. She goes there. She has like a sort of ghostly event where she sort of like goes into a fugue state and she sees things happen, and it's sort of a mixture of hallucinations and seeing a ghost, and it was very confusing. When she's in there, she runs into a dude who's filming stuff. Um, and he gives her the car- a card. Says that's what he's doing. She's also got her camera. He says you should film stuff too. And they sort of like have a bond immediately, even they don't really, but they sort of have a bond immediately. They go upstairs. She go- has another fugue state, and he just sort of abandons her there. She is rescued by her dumbass cousins, who are dumbasses, but were smart enough to come looking for her. Yeah. and and even other dumbass friends who are super worried about her
0: (laughs) yeah it's like everyone seems kind of nice but she's like oh they're just like because this is she lives in portland
1: oh yeah yeah or just like the suburbs of portland
0: yeah and then so they're further up the coast Mm -hmm. so the way she talks about them like like she thinks they're kind of hicks out in the middle yeah. of the boonies. But then they're like, Oh yeah, we we didn't see you, so we came to the lighthouse to make sure you're okay. And she's like, Oh, I'm dealing with my own shit. Ah! <laughs> Girl, so, where's that beautiful man I just saw? He disappeared. He disappeared. So I have a whole thing about that, by the way. There's
1: a whole we thing can... about that. So Ugh, regardless, she goes back to she goes back to work. Um her boss is like something's going on with you, you're worse than normal, and you're totally usually pretty bad. Please take some days off. She goes home, finds out her sister has the flu. Nope, um, nope, nope. The swine flu. It's very specifically the swine flu. Because
0: it's 2009.
1: Yes. So she has the swine (laughs) flu. um, And so she has to take over her sister's blog because her sister has a uh, she doesn't, blog. though. She doesn't, though. She
0: doesn't. Her sister's like, I'm sick. Can you do my blog for me? It's like, you're coherent. You can do a blog. What yes. is wrong with you? She's like, can you blog for me? I have to blog every day or my followers will leave. Tell them I have fucking swine flu, Perry. It's like, why can't you do it yourself?
1: Also, life before Instagram, am I right?
0: Right. <laughs> the That whole scene would have the whole crux of this the inciting action would have made sense if her sister was like so hopped up on like Dayquil that she couldn't do it and like was incoherent I was like Perry there's a unicorn and I need you to blog for me where are the marshmallows then that would have made sense but she's just like I'm sick can you blog for me yeah Carol, what are you st- doing? It's
1: a stretch anyway, because she's a <sighs> fashion blogger and she's just like blog anything, which her no. sister does. Perry blogs anything. And it happens to be the story of her uh, of her lighthouse trauma, mm-hmm. um, which she writes sister- about and also posts the video of.
0: The sister Ada is not on. She, we don't see her a lot, but, like, what we know of her, it's, like, I don't believe that she would let anyone post whatever they wanted on her blog. No. No.
1: No, but, she's a 15-year-old who's actually making money on that blog. Yeah. You know.
0: I, I made the note. The sister she wouldn't can't, just post anything. Yeah, I made the note. The sister can't post because dot, dot, dot. Plot.
1: Yes. So, she can't post because of plot. So, Perry gets to post, like, the video that she took. Um, and it includes some ghosty stuff, and the sister's blog blows up. People are nuts for this shit. So much so that her boss is like, oh, I didn't know you knew how to internet. <laughs> you put a link from YouTube onto a blog post and then onto a Facebook? I don't know how that works. That's a very smart campaign. And I'm like, no... That's not.
0: Oh, you write so good. Have you written good before? And I did appreciate this, that Perry was like, didn't she read my resume? She's like, yeah, I did a lot of writing when I was in advertising school. And the boss was like, oh, I'm like, yeah, that would make sense that a boss would completely forget that. It's true. But
1: Neil, Neil, you (laughs) actually did work at an advertising firm. And you were the receptionist for that advertising firm.
0: Well, graphic design. Yes, but, but they did yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They did advertising, but, yeah.
1: But and you also, at that time, had a Facebook page and also mm-hmm. knew how to, I don't know, upload links to it from a YouTube.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Around,
1: would do you think they would have been shocked by this and promoted you to something? No, no, no.
0: Not shocked at all.
1: No, because it's just I mean, a thing that people I, know how to yeah, do. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I did. There was one point where. Um, one of the accounts people was like, Hey, we were working on this like video project with one of our clients and the writer that we hired is not giving them what they want. And I know that you write, so like, let's work on this together. So it would like help them with the creative project Mm -hmm. because they remember they're like oh yeah neil does writing stuff and then everyone's like oh he was an english major we're gonna give him all of the the proposals to proofread for grammar before we send them out like people remember these things but then also nobody was promoting me
1: nobody was promoting you
0: no i might have i got a raise once and they're like good job and i was like thank you i'll take the money
1: and they were going to fire her because she was such a shitty receptionist she was a shitty receptionist to an accounts person and I was like no no no." anyway this is getting into the nitty gritty
0: but also here's the thing so like there comes a point later where there's this tension within her between this potential new job opportunity and then the like the web series with Dex and the ghost hunting stuff and she's like I can't decide and it's like you don't care about that job yeah, it's like like it sounded she only cared about that job because it a wasn't being a receptionist. And two, she went to advertising school because she didn't know what else to do. Like, I never Neil. knew what she wanted. Neil, Neil. <sighs> what?
1: We are about to broach on the most important and insane part of her character.
0: Yes, tell me everything.
1: Because you remember during those four years... Between like her wild and crazy high school days, and now Mm -hmm. she also wanted to be a stunt woman
0: and went to stunt woman classes
1: and what and so she now she knows how to she knows how to shoot and hold a gun she knows all about guns she knows she how knows to how do to like fall a, out of a window she knows how to fall out of a window she's uh she's taken karate since i think she was little so she knows karate she knows karate.
0: <laughs> and it's like i can tell that the author was like okay she's gonna be in these dangerous situations and i i'm going to need her to be able to you know jump out of a second story window and be fine and blah, blah 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 all these different things okay how can i justify that in her character history oh she wanted to be a stunt woman for a while okay great 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 that makes sense and then left that there it was like and oh I, now she cares about advertising
1: i totally would have loved it if she was 28 Yeah, I would have believed it if she was twenty eight, but she was twenty four slash actually nineteen, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Or
0: if she was like twenty one, because twenty one, twenty two, she never she did community college, and was like, I don't know if college is right for me. I'm gonna go be a stunt woman, and then she like injured herself or something, and she's like, I don't, I don't know what I want. I guess I'm just gonna go get this receptionist gig because they don't. Like they'll hire me without a college education. Like and like, all of that would still make sense. Instead of no, I devoted four years of my life to advertising, and then I thought, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go be a stunt woman for like six, eight months." And nah, that's not good. I'm gonna go back to advertising. Like what? I
1: I mean, I don't entirely mind it, as like a character's lost and has done a shit ton of different things to try to find themselves. But we honestly only need that for the first paragraph of the mm-hmm. first page. And then go, like, I've done a lot of crazy things with my life. And now I find myself in a haunted uh, lighthouse. And here's a mm-hmm. dude with another camera. Like, start the show. Start the show. Yeah. Start
0: the show. But here's the thing, too, is that we, I feel like we've had characters that they, they don't know what to do, but they still know what they want.
1: Okay, and so here I agree. Here I agree. Perry. Like,
0: didn't know what she wanted
1: right she didn't know what she wanted and so what i really wanted was her to like want like was to want to find the thing she wanted yeah so like she's like i guess this is you know i i'm feeling lost right now so i'm in this receptionist job right now but i want to find what i want and you know what I'm gonna take this camera and I'm gonna start like taking beautiful pictures of things, mm-hmm. and then I'd be like, "Oh, on your search," and that's what led you to the lighthouse. Yes, And then once you started to film ghosts, you're like, "Bam! I found it! I found my thing!" And also, it comes with dick. Like
0: that would be <laughs> great.
1: So, and and like, and I and I've written characters like that. I've read characters like that, and what they want is to find the per their purpose she Mm -hmm. never states that she's lost and she's willing to tread water for the rest of her life she only picks up the guitar because she was feeling vaguely guilty she only picks up her camera because she was feeling vaguely bored she's only at this job because she's feeling trapped she's only doing advertising because she thought she wanted to do it before and it was the only in job she had to another job like so it was just like
0: she also has unlike a character who's trying to find the thing that they want she has no movement yeah she just is there and kvetches about her life and then doesn't do anything about it or have the self-awareness to understand like oh i need to make changes let's figure out what those are like chloe brown um was like this is my situation and i'm unhappy so i need to make changes and that was the book and it was great but right. fucking so, perry no perry palomino horse girl usa is just like i don't know i guess i'm just here
1: well and she never propels the action forward like, never it was her parents choice to take her to her uncle's house she was bored hanging out with the cousins so she i guess she made the choice to go to the lighthouse but even then she was more or less drawn by specters so that yeah. wasn't even on it she didn't have a like she, it was she didn't make any decisions when like she ran into Dex in the lighthouse and he's like take photos. Mm-hmm. She didn't make the decision to post this on the internet. Mm-hmm. She didn't make the decision to call Dex or find him out when she's like this is successful. She barely made the decision to go with him when he's like let's try this again at the lighthouse. And so like it was just
0: She didn't make the decision about pursuing the advertising gig. Like Mm-mm. he harangued her into doing this and then the her boss was just like, oh, here, come interview for this. And she's just like, okay, life's happening to me. Okay. I felt like but why the- me? I'm so fat and me? unattractive. But I felt like the two decisions she made Girl. was when Dex
1: was like, "Oh, you know, I actually think this ghost stuff is hurting you. And you seem to have a seizure or something a second ago. Maybe we should stop. And she's like, no, I'm going to keep doing it for no reason. I could tell like there was no reason she was doing it. She just decided to keep doing it. And then two, when she and Dex at the end of the book are having the meeting with his boss about doing a full series and doing the whole like a series of these ghost hunting shows. And he is like uh, and he says horrific things to her in that meeting. And though she makes a decision, and I thought this was great. She's like, I'm not sitting for this. And she stood up and walked out of the room. It was like, great. And then Dex follows her and is like, don't worry, we got the contract. And so she's like, oh, okay. And so after like, he it didn't stood up for her. matter.
0: After he argued the boss with the boss for her. Right. And, and then he's like, oh, it was never an issue. He always does what I says. Right. Then why were we even here? What, Another why... decision she does make is when she finds out that he is on... Um, A very strong antipsychotic medication for his bipolar disorder she decides to use that against him when she's angry at him that was a decision she made that was fun
1: well these characters love to 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 be angry at each other for mental illnesses despite the fact that they themselves have mental illnesses it's one of their favorite things so like she herself obviously has some very deep and like awful mental illness that she's dealt with and yet, she's going to call him out for his antipsychotics, which she would actually probably have a little bit of an idea about. <laughs> and uh, and he himself, who is bipolar and is on antipsychotic medication, um, has a girlfriend back in Seattle uh, who is um, who's bulimic, and he is angry at her for her bulimia and is like, "You're like she's." She she, like, haha. She goes and throws up her food after she eats it, and like says nothing nice about her, and is like, except that she's hot. It's happy to say that she's hot, but that is it.
0: The narration allows or gives permission for Perry and us to hate her, because at first it's like, oh, he's with this really beautiful woman, and they work together, so obviously they have this connection. It's like, oh no, actually she's really shallow. She shames him for the like weight loss issues that stem from him taking the uh, antipsychotic medication. And then she's bulimic. And isn't that a character flaw in her that we can, like, yeah. be mad at her for?
1: Because it's vain. Bulimia is just vanity. No. It is
0: just vanity. Just
1: if she, vanity. If
0: she weren't such a shallow bitch, she wouldn't be throwing up all that food. Yeah. Ugh.
1: Like... Like, so was,
0: frustrating i was
1: so angry to read that and then like anytime that there was another like we're, okay we're not even fucking talking about the plot because fuck the plot it doesn't matter
0: book. like because they go back into that lighthouse like seven times
1: oh and and okay so here's the one thing i'm gonna say about the horror of the of the book um it was it didn't hor- make sense it didn't make sense like i got lost every time i was reading and i was like what were room no are we rules. in what's happening what can a ghost do um but not only that like it was, it was at the top of scary every time. It didn't build. There wasn't, like, a yeah. little bit of scary and then a lot. It was like, this is the worst thing ever. So, like, it just kept doing that. And I was like, what yeah. are we even doing? Anyway, okay. So, oh, another thing. If you were going to be alone in a room with a man, obviously everybody needs to think they're going to rape you. Like, oh, that yeah. was said so many times. It was like, they're like, oh, we don't want you to go, like, uh take, you know... So the whole premise is like this guy who is a producer on a show wants to work wine with her. Called wine babes. Ugh. like the whole. I'd, the... I'm
0: not I'd even probably gonna be... watch that show, but like I would
1: totally watch that show. Get this drunk like, with
0: them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: they seem like bitches. Oh, that's women. what it was.
0: They they would pair. They do wine pairings with like junk food and yeah. stuff, right? It was
1: like this is fun. I would this totally is what watch I, that.
0: This is what I need. I also, need someone like, to tell me it's like what these to eat with my junk food.
1: But they're eating junk yeah. food. Yeah.
0: No, that sounds what, great. What wine pairs with my Flaming Hot Cheetos? Somebody tell me.
1: I need to know this information. So. <sighs> so like
0: I saw that. I was like, that's actually a really good idea for a YouTube channel.
1: <laughs> I would watch that. But so, like, they. Uh, so he's going to take her on. And they're going to go to her uncle's lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Um. And they have to talk to the uncle about it. Everybody knows where she's going to be. She is utterly safe. Like, this is a safe situation. And they're like, oh, that guy's going to rape you. (laughs) Like, everybody around her. And I'm like, oh, no, this is not okay. Like, no, we don't have to insinuate that. And she insinuates it all the time. Like, this guy's Mm -hmm. rapey. And and I'm like, ah, why are we doing this? And then, of course, the ghost wants to rape her. So... I Did say, we have to? Did we have to? And the answer is no. We
0: didn't. So we didn't. So the the ghost, old Roddy, who's the old lighthouse keeper, yeah, <laughs> we discover that his thing is there was a boat crash, and this woman came up on shore, and he like kidnapped her and raped her and killed her in the lighthouse. And that by itself is like a compelling story for a haunted place and it's like okay that person was awful and because all of these terrible things happened that's why there are spirits in this lighthouse and like okay sure but then he like would shoot kelp out of his hands and tie her up with it and it's like what the fuck are you even doing um Okay, and then so, on top of that, it's just like, oh, yeah, Dex is going to rape you, obviously. And it was so bizarre because there's this thing, like, there was this, like, underlying current of everybody being like, oh, well, obviously he's crazy. And then we find out that, like, yes, he does have a mental health issue. He is suffering from bipolar disorder, but he's on medication for it. And then the way this book talks about it, that it to me felt like the, like, quote, the bad boy thing that she's going to fix with her love. Like, the dangerous thing about him that attracts her to him is his mental health problems. And I'm just like, what is wrong with you? No. That is not okay.
1: This was a guy with a job, a successful job. He was was doing fine. fine.
0: Like, yeah, he's a dick, but he was doing fine. I mean, his relationship with his girlfriend is toxic, and they should break up. But, like, other than that, he's doing fine. But, like, the way that they talked about his mental health and, like, uh, it was so, like, it made me uncomfortable.
1: But here's the moment where I almost shut the book and was Mm -hmm. done with it. And Mm -hmm. I kept going so I would know what happened and so we could talk about it. But Mm -hmm. here's the moment. So, of course, our love interest, Dex, we are supposed to, like, like. And I'm just going to grant it that we're supposed to like him. Mm-hmm. that we are supposed to, as readers, think he's attractive and interesting and has and is bringing stuff to the table, that there's maybe sexual tension, but there's also, like, back and forth. Like, let's mm-hmm. just say this all worked out. Mm-hmm. There's sexy back and forth, he's a strong-willed character, an older guy, interesting, has things to teach us. Let's just say that all worked out and we believed it. Uh-huh. Which means we like the character, which means the things that come out of his mouth we're supposed to be a little bit on board with. Mm-hmm. So when he said he doesn't like going to the gym because they're so gay, mm-hmm. I was like, done. I'm done with this book. This was not an okay thing to say in 2009. Nope. Like, um, this wasn't an okay thing to say. We were, we were talking about how it was a not okay thing to say in 2001. Like that was when we were starting to be done with fucking saying that. And I was like, I'm fucking What? Like, this was a good guy character. Uh, and this was 85% into the book. Mm-hmm. So, like, this, it wasn't even like this. And this was when they were having their emotional moment where they're learning about each other. Mm-hmm. And he used it as a slur. And I was like, fuck you. Fuck mm-hmm. you, Katrina Hale. I don't care what happens in this book anymore. I don't care. I don't care about these characters. Yep. And the thing is, and then I found out, that she is going to sort of mothball this series for a little bit because this is her first book and I think she's learned a lot and she's written more and she's well, got she's all these written fucking, more. I
0: don't know if she's learned yeah, a lot. Who
1: knows? But she's got all these fucking warnings on it about how oh take it as it is. This is a reprint. She could have gone in and she could have fixed things. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing to fucking fix. And then right then I was like fuck you, fuck this yep. book, fuck this whole thing.
0: Um, another thing that I noticed along those same lines, uh, there are two characters that were pointed out to us to be specifically Asian. Yep. The executive of the website, who's absolutely horrible to her Uh and the EMT, who's like, you should go to the hospital. And she's like, no, it's fine. And he's like, is your boyfriend beating you? And she's like, how fucking dare you? So like both characters that are specifically pointed out as being Asian are either mean or meddling.
1: Oh, do you know who else was probably maybe Asian as well?
0: Hmm.
1: The woman who was originally raped by uh, by the Uh, Lighthouse Keeper. She was referred to alternatively as ethnic,
0: Mm -hmm. dark, Mm -hmm. and
1: probably of Asian descent.
0: Yep, 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 yep. So that's fun
1: yeah yeah so
0: this book was so much fun to read, yeah, and it didn't feel like an absolute slog at all.
1: no, and we've read slogs, but I've never yeah. been this angry at a slog before.
0: Can I read one more passage just to yes. like give our listeners an idea of just like how nut so crazy this is? okay, so she's talking about her uh I think she's talking about her mother and like how glamorous her mother is. She's like, she looked like the perfect Hitchcock heroine. And I wondered if that's why I had such an affinity for Hitchcock films. But then I noticed the disappointment in her face, realized how inappropriately she was dressed. We were going to the beach for crying out loud. I remembered I liked Hitchcock films because of their macabre view of mankind. She forgot why she liked Hitchcock when looking at her mother, like, what the fuck are you talking about? That makes no sense. Oh, look at that pretty woman. Maybe that's why I like Hitchcock. No, wait. Actually, this is why I like Hitchcock. I forgot for a second because. Yeah. No. What? Um,
1: what? The, one of the funniest things, though, at the very end of this book, there is an author's note, and it is yet one more author's note about how, like, kind of, sort of, don't judge me. This is the first book I ever read.
0: Wrote. For, forgive me my racism and homophobia and misogyny. Right. Thanks.
1: But she didn't even edit it. Because instead of saying Dex, it says sex. Yeah. Which is like the adventures between sex and Perry. And yeah.
0: I'd like, read that book. And I was like, somebody else. This,
1: is, this is an easy catch. I fuck up on grammar and spelling and all those things all the time. This is an easy catch. Because it says fucking sex. Because
0: <laughs> it's, it's your main character's name.
1: Right. So let's just put this book away. I'm done with this book. Blah, I'm blah, blah. It was book. hateful. I'm done. Blah. Restless Spirits by Jordan L. Hawke. After losing the family fortune to a fraudulent psychic, inventor Harry Strauss is determined to bring the other world under control through the application of science. All he needs is a genuine haunting to prove his electro seance will work. A letter from a wealthy industrialist, Dominic Gladfield, seems to answer his prayers. Gladfield's proposition. A contest putting science against spiritualism with a hefty prize for the winner. The uh, the contest takes Henry to Rayholm Castle, one of the sites of a series of brutal murders decades earlier. There he meets his rival for the prize, the dangerously appealing Vincent Knight. Vincent is handsome, charming, and determined to get Henry into bed. Henry can't afford to fall for the spirit medium, let alone the competition but nothing in the Haunted Mansion is quite as it seems, and soon winning the contest is the least of Henry's concerns, for the evil stalking the halls of Rayhome Castle wants to claim not just Henry, but Vincent's lives and their very souls. Content warning, transphobia, and forced outing. um also let me just say that content warning uh both content warnings of the book i think we're good one the one that says like this is the first book i wrote and i'm like okay i guess my expectations are duly lowered and this content (laughs) and, and this content warning which is absolutely if you can't read those things that's an honest warning it's like Mm-hmm. This isn't just a romance. This isn't just a horror romance. These very specific, very triggering, awful things are going to happen in this book. And I was like, good job.
0: Good yeah. job. So.
1: But is that what that book is about?
0: Two things right off the bat. One, um, Jordan L. Hawk is a uh, trans writer, and his um, author photo on Amazon is a hawk with a monocle and a mustache, like a little handlebar mustache and a top hat. And it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely amazing. And two, as awful as that last book was, is how amazing this book was.
1: Oh my god, I have never wanted to read again a book, one of these books, the moment I put it down, I was like, oh, I want to read this again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I genuinely was like, oh, I'm getting the next book.
0: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't it doesn't say it in the title, but it is part, the first book in a trilogy. Yes. And I'm assuming it's concluded, because I looked into it, I was like, are there going to be more books? The last book came out in 2018, mm-hmm. so I'm assuming that it's a concluded trilogy.
1: Oh, so good. Oh my god, it was so good. So
0: good. Like, so many times during reading this book, I stayed up too late. Because I wanted to see what would happen. Because yes. this book was so good. It
1: was so good. And, like, okay, like, the, what I talked about before with the horror, with her not building it appropriately, this oh. one built it so nicely. And it was, like, very slow. And everything was creepy. And it was, like, this terrible thing. And then it retreated, this terrible thing. And it was genuinely kind of freaky. Yeah. And it was a good haunted house thing. Oh, and, like, the all of the things at the end. Oh, so good. The... And,
0: the oh, their love
1: to hate this is one of the best love yes. to hate yes. i have ever yes. read
0: yep okay let's get into it. let's get into it okay do it <laughs> so we have two sets of people okay also this takes place in the 1800s when american spiritualism was at its height and it was like in vogue to believe that there were spirits and people were having seances as like the centerpiece of their dinner parties and all of that stuff.
1: Post civil war.
0: Yeah. So we have two pairs of ghost folk. Mm -hmm. Um, We have Vincent Knight and his partner, Lizzie Devereaux. Um, He, they're both mediums. Vincent can like taste Ghosts, yeah, which sounds so bizarre. But when it's there's, so
1: well done in the book. I, I know
0: when there's when there's a, each spirit has a particular type of energy, and different mediums feel it a different way, and he experiences that as taste. So to like give a little bit of context for the bit that. Uh, Claire read right at the beginning is the house that they go to has several spirits, and when one of them is around, it tastes like lavender and like kind of astringent. And when the other ghost is around, it tastes like blood and rust. And so Vincent is constantly popping like cinnamon lozenges because he's always tasting these different things, some of them obviously pleasant, some of them very unpleasant. So that, and then um, Lizzie uh, does like. She, I forget the word, but she can like touch an object and sense its history. And then she also does like automatic writing and they're great. Okay. And on the other hand, we have Henry Strauss and his cousin, Joe, Mm -hmm. who um, are inventing a machine to exercise spirits. And so I knew this from the very beginning that it's not them trying to disprove the other's theories, it's like they both believe in spirits, they're just going about it a different way. Henry thinks that all mediums are frauds, because his family was built by a medium who also like was not kind to him in a romantic or sexual sort of way. And then Vincent and Lizzie believe that Henry's out for their jobs and trying to prove them as frauds when they aren't actually frauds. So I knew from the beginning there's going to be a turning point where they're going to have to work together and implement both of their skills to help solve the the, the haunting. And that's exactly what happened. Because I love a book where a romance where the main characters have to work together against outside forces. Uh, so good. Anyway, so also very important. Vincent is Native American. And then Joe, Henry's cousin, is half black. Mm-hmm. That pops up almost immediately when they go to this house and gladfield is like oh she's your like cousin that's weird um and then there's a point where henry assumes that vincent is the servant because he's native american and vincent's like no i'm the other medium and henry's like oh my god i can't believe i did that and i did that in front of my black cousin i am such a (laughs) fuck up oh my god that was
1: particularly great Also very important, I want to, like, kind of get out of the way. So um, Vincent is Native American, but they dispel, like, magic Native American stuff pretty quickly.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's like, it is not because he's Native American. He 100% used to fake being a medium. Uh,
0: he used to... to fake being, like, an Indian, a quote, Indian spirit guy.
1: Right, right. Because he knew, like, that's how people would give him money, stupid-ass yeah. white people. But then mm-hmm. when he became a real medium, he was like, okay.
0: Right. But even when he is a real medium, he has this this, like, origin story about his father was white and his mother was, like a healer woman or something, which is all fake, but he's, and Henry calls him out it. And then Vincent's like, no, that's what white people want to hear. Mm-hmm. And that's why they'll let me into their houses to like do my job and pay yeah. me. So I got to like lean into this whole fantasy that they built up in their heads. Cause otherwise I'm out on the street.
1: Yeah. No, it was, that was, it was really good and it was <laughs> yeah. well done.
0: So they're all brought to this house by Gladfield who inherited it through the family after his uncle yeah it was his uncle's house he's there with his niece and then his his man servant he's um, like a
1: cook butler dude
0: yeah i'm gonna call him
1: the butler because it's funnier at the end if we say butler
0: he's (laughs) Yeah, that was that was one thing I took bridge with. Anyway, so really, yeah, we'll get into it. So okay. basically, um, Gladfield's like, okay, you you two kooky séance folks, I'm not gonna tell you anything, but whoever can get rid of these ghosts first and the best will get five hundred dollars because I want to turn this big beautiful house into a summer resort for rich people and make even more money than I already have. Go forth. So then the first bit of the book is them sort of like investigating things. And I really appreciate this um, Enemies to Lovers because it wasn't about them. They didn't hit it off because of their preconceived notions of each other. And part of their relationship building was them realizing like, oh, I shouldn't have preconceived notions of people. That was unfair of me to do to you. Yes, it was unfair of you to do to me. We've shown each other otherwise, now we can work together. And then um, Vincent jerks Henry off in the middle of a seance in a room full of people. Ah, so good. And Henry has to pretend like... And then (laughs) afterwards, Bamforth or Bombforth, whatever his name is, the butler, is like, Oh, geez, Mr. Strauss, you do have an iron grip, don't you? Because
1: he was holding on so tight with his own hand.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway... That was so we, great. Yeah, it was great. So we come to discover through the course of the book that um, the house was inhabited by uh, a Mr. Rayer, mm-hmm. his wife, their two children, and the staff. And basically, Rayer was an older rich guy, and his wife was a younger, very attractive woman. And then he started getting jealous. To the point that he assumed that the kids weren't actually his. And she'd had an affair. So then he whisked them out to this. He built this house. Took them all from New York to live in this house. Where he like spied on them. And he was just like so jealous. And controlling and awful. And then he murdered them and himself. And so because (laughs) Christine was like. "Er?" So yeah. He murdered his wife and kids. And then. Uh, hanged himself. And so because of that, he, because of his spite and hate, he's haunting the place and he's keeping the wife and the maid's ghosts there also. Like, they're not able to move on simply because he's trapping their souls in this house. And there's this whole bit where... Vincent is able to realize that there's more than one ghost because they taste different. That's such a weird sentence. It makes sense in the book, I promise. It does, it does. It does. And then Henry's like, oh, I like he's able to tell when ghosts are around, but his mechanisms can't di- distinguish between ghosts. Um, and it's pretty obvious from the beginning that the ghost of the wife is trying to save them. Oh my god, the first time she shows up, though, oh. She like shows up in Henry's bedroom and he had seen a portrait of her earlier and the mice had eaten out where her face had been in the portrait. So it was just like a neck and hair. And then when the, her ghost came to him in his bedroom and he like peeked through the the curtains and the four poster bed, she had no face. Oh, it was so spooky. It was so, it was. It spooky. Was so spooky. Oh, it was really good. Um, so they're sort of working it out. Some stuff happens, blah blah blah. I, I like I don't I don't feel the need to really get into it. Um but what is important is before Henry and Joe showed up at the house, Henry was able to figure out that Vincent and Lizzie were the mediums that he'd be competing against, so he hired a private detective to snoop them out, and he was meant to get that information before he got to the house. But it ended up being delivered after the fact. And by the time it was delivered, um, he was like, oh, they seem like okay people. Like, I'm sure there's nothing in here. And he just kind of like forgot about it.
1: Right. They seem they're real mediums. So yeah. that's what I was trying to d- find out. But obviously they're real. So I don't have to worry yeah, about yeah.
0: it. And then there's an attempted murder by not a ghost. Like, a chandelier falls, and it almost kills Henry and Vincent. And they're like, everyone's like, it's a ghost. And Vincent's like, I didn't taste no ghost. I know this wasn't a ghost. Mm-hmm. And he he's like, Henry, a living person is trying to kill us. We should investigate. And Henry's like, are you sure? And Vincent's like, yes, let's make out a little. So they do. And then they find the secret passages inside the walls of the house and they're like exploring around and then they get attacked by a ghost and they tumble out and they're like ah and then eventually um for whatever reason i couldn't really figure out why i think it's just because lizzie is like really aloof and kind of like eh whatever um that henry's like how old do you know this lizzie person so Henry thinks that Lizzie's trying is the attempted murder. Oh, it's because, I'm sorry, this was unfair of the author. Earlier they had a conversation where Henry said to Vincent, like, well, I know you're just here for money and that's fine. And Vincent's like, no, 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 no. Lizzie's here for the money. Oh, we didn't give a, oh God, I'm sorry. The book opens. <laughs> <laughs> you can
1: always tell when Neil really likes a book. Because he wants to give you all the things. Like, he's like, no,
0: no, no, no this, this too. <laughs> I don't remember order. Okay. So the book <laughs> opens. Vincent wakes up. He has been possessed and he killed his mentor while possessed. Oh. A spirit possessed him and murdered his mentor. So that's his trauma that he's getting over. It's handled very well. It's very beautiful. So he's like a reluctant medium. And then Lizzie, who's another one of their mentor's apprentices, is like, well, we have this shop and it's being run into the ground because you aren't doing what you're doing because you're afraid to be a medium anymore. And she wants the money to keep the shop going. So then Henry has this conversation with Vincent. He's like, well, I know you're just here for the money. And Vincent's like, "No, no, 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 Lizzie's just here for the money. I'm here to look out for her. Like, I'm here to protect her. And Henry's like, oh, okay. But then he makes this leap of like, oh, well, if she wants the money that bad, then it makes sense that she'd try to kill me. And Vincent's like, no, I've known her a long time. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And then Henry's like, hmm, I don't know. And then he looks at the package that the private detective sent. And I knew right away. I'm like, this is going to be bad. This is going to be super bad. This is going to be awful. And hey, guess what, Claire?
1: It was. It was super bad.
0: It was super bad. So that's when we find out that Vincent... But to
1: be clear, what he discovers in the thing is not super bad. The what way he... he reacts to it is what super bad. What he does bad. with
0: the information is super bad. Yes. Um, so he discovers that, the, that Vincent in the past had faked seances because it was a way for him and his friends to get money. And then, of course, Henry sees red because he's still getting over this hurt from the medium who built his family and, like, you know, was his first, but then, like, basically left him and was unkind. Anyway, and then he finds out that Lizzie is trans, and then he outs them mm-hmm. to everyone. Yep. And then uh Vincent, as a Native American person... uh Henry doesn't out Vincent as queer because then, and the whole time he's like, all these terrible things. I'm like, they could just say that Vincent fucked you when you'd be in the same boat, kid. Yeah. Henry doesn't out Vincent as gay, but he outs Lizzie as being trans. And so then over the course of an evening, uh, Gladfield uh, hits both Vincent and and Lizzie, because he's Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, you're the scum of the earth, so I'm entitled to do this. And Henry's like, oh, I didn't expect that to happen. And there are moments where both Lizzie and Vincent are like, what the fuck did you think was going to happen, bro? Like, did you not think this through? Do you not realize that violence is perpetuated against queer people and people of color? Did you not think
1: that? What about your own history makes you believe? Oh, you're a white guy who passes.
0: <laughs> what, what about, A, your history of being afraid about people finding out that you go have sex with random men on the docks, and then also the experiences that you have witnessed with your black cousin? Are you not able to... And he's like, oh, Shit. I'm like, yes. And so something that I really appreciate about this book is this whole situation right here because something that has been a point of conversation and contention within the broader queer community within the last few years is a lot of people feel that cis white gay guys of a certain means are just like, oh, well, we can get married. We did it. The fight is done. We're done. We don't have to. We're done. And everyone's like, okay, now that you have this elevated position in society from what you had before. Now that you are in a place that you are relatively well-respected in broader society, can you help the rest of us? And there are, of course, plenty of cis white gay men who are like, yes, yes, we're fighting for everyone. And then there are a significant amount they're like, no, I'm good. I'm just going to take my dog and my attractive lover who looks exactly like me and we're just going to go spend too much money on shit so i really appreciated that jordan brought all this up and was like okay no intersectionality is important understanding that your experience is relatable to others and that you should understand what they're going through because of it and the extra layers of is important and like we see the beginnings of henry realizing this and it's done in a way that's not didactic and it doesn't really mm-hmm. beat the readers beat the readers over the head with it cuz it like it's done in such a way that like if you're aware of this it's like yes girl lizzie vincent get it yes yes and then if you aren't you're like oh that's really shitty of henry to do oh maybe yeah. i oh god i got some work to do on myself so like it was amazing so this was like and this to me is like something that i feel is lacking in a lot of romance like yes it's a romance story yes it's paranormal yes it's about ghosts but it's also it speaks to experiences that happen to people within this community now like it's about something more than just these two guys who want to fuck each other and they do and it's great yes but it's also like oh not just them, like, oh, they're learning about each other, but, like, hey, uh, Jordan L. Hawk is taking this as an opportunity to comment on society at large and, like, using this as a lens to have a conversation about important social issues.
1: Yeah.
0: And it was beautiful and it was wonderful, and I absolutely loved it. Um, Also, Lizzie is such a fucking badass. Yes. There's a point where... um, Henry's like, oh, uh, did you disguise yourself as a woman just to murder me? Or did you have other motives? And Lizzie's like, you grossly overestimate my esteem of you, Mr. Strauss. Or something like that. It's like, bitch, yes, get it, girl. And then also Joe starts calling Henry out on his shit. She's like, do you not under... And there's one point where she's like... And not they don't actually say it, but she's like, I know you fuck dudes. I don't care. I was in a shitty situation... I'm like, you love me. That's all that matters. And I love you. And that's all that should matter is that we're mm-hmm. both people. And, like, we're both marginalized communities. I thought we'd, like, help each other out. Anyway. Um, so, oh, we also find out at one point that they are at the house at the anniversary of uh, Rayer killing his wife and kids and himself. So. Yeah shit just goes absolutely nuts
1: yeah well the moment they find that out too like I, lizzie is like nope we're out like this is yeah. already dangerous this was already a dumb idea like we we're already unprepared so no we're leaving because we're gonna die and the rest of the book they really do spend trying to fucking go like they, yes they're like no we're out and even yeah even our even our guy like he's like uh i really do need the money but i guess I'm going to try to get... Oh, it doesn't work. We should go. Yes, you're right. Yeah,
0: yeah. A lot of this book, Henry is just like, oh, no, 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 I figured it out. I'm good. And then he's like, oh, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. And I loved... There was another scene. This was something else that I absolutely loved about this book is when Vincent or Lizzie are trying to leave and Lizzie has packed her things and comes out of her room and Gladfield is like, how dare you dress like a woman? And he starts hitting her and she's like... This is all I have to wear. And Vincent feels Gladfield's hatred fueling the ghost. Yeah. It's like, oh, wait. Being hateful and awful makes everyone's lives worse. (laughs) Imagine that. And then
1: uh,
0: immediately Rare shoves Gladfield off of a balcony. He falls three stories and dies. And I said, good. (laughs) Good.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Fine with this. Fine with Fine this. Fine with this. Until then we discover that his own spirit is trapped in the house now. Because they're like, oh, well, now it's bad.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like everybody who dies in this house, their spirit is trapped in there. Because Rayer's is like, everything's mine. Ah. Anyway, so then um, Vincent and Henry, they're fighting the ghosts. And then they find out that Bombforth, the butler, was the one trying to kill them. So the butler did it.
1: The butler did it. The
0: butler did it. Which, like... So this is like the one th- like I knew right away. Like as soon as they were like as soon as there was the writing on the wall. And it's like this is unusual for ghost. I'm like, oh, no, the butler did it obviously.
1: Right, cuz he's the only one there. So like I was going to it was I was kind of hoping there was somebody else in the walls that they'd alluded to before, like yeah, maybe like yeah. maybe the the nurse who who had tried to like stave off the attacks, uh, actually like lived there like a hermit and was like a fucking crazy mm-hmm. old lady who was like gnawing away at the cords of that chandelier <laughs> for it to fall down. And was just like, <laughs> you know, bullshit like that. Like I was kind yeah, of yeah, hoping yeah. it was her, and then. I was kind of hoping it was actually like the niece.
0: Yeah, who, that would have been like, good.
1: Who wasn't quite as mousy as we thought she was. And she was mm-hmm. just like, I know where the money is and I want it for my own. You know, so I was kind of hoping that. But then it was like, uh, it's going to be the butler service. It's going to be the
0: butler. There's also like having um, taken a course in uh, crime fiction. I forget the name. This one writer was basically like, okay, here are are like 10 guidelines for for writing crime fiction. Uh, And it was like, this was the uh, early to mid 1900s. So like, obviously those rules have changed and like the type of crime fiction that you're writing determines whether or not you should consider these. But one of them was like, it can't be the butler because up to that point, it was the butler almost every single time. So it's a little like overdone. Like we... We have the phrase "the butler did it," so like, okay. I was hoping that well, yeah, the, I, the niece would like, have been good. Like, she's trying good. to kill the the uncle off to get his money. She's like, "I don't care about this fucking house. I just want to be rich and go live in Paris."
1: Yeah, I think like the reason I started to think it was the butler was in part because of how hard the author Jordan was working for us to not suspect the butler.
0: Yeah, and like. Yeah.
1: By the butler like confirming things for us or being exceedingly Mm -hmm. nice or exceedingly nice and gentle or like understanding or never being there quite when ghosty stuff was happening. Like still like I I was like, Oh, but I, I, I didn't want it to be him. I did kind of want them. And then I wanted another lesson. Like I wanted Jordan to say Mm -hmm. like, even this marginalized community Also, still looked at this one person as still the person who was just there to serve them and wouldn't actually Mm -hmm. have opinions of their own about what was happening. And, like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so, like, there was kind of a hope I was having there, but then I was like, uh, (laughs) it was fine. And it was like, it was fine. I I mean, it was funny because I always like it when the butler did it specifically because it's dumb Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's always one of my favorite things when like Mm -hmm. oh guys the butler did it or like we find out they were a butler the whole time and we didn't even know it like I love that shit like just to play on the stupid trope That like I love that so i was kind of disappointed it didn't quite work out but mm-hmm. i was still okay with it because the rest of the book was so much fun i was like that's great and yeah. i was still excited that there was a real life murderer in addition to this murderous ghost
0: yes 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 we were solving a ghost murder and a people murder yes. all at once it was great. Was, it, it was, was, was great. so
1: awesome. And the worst people in this book, despite the murder of ghosts, were still people. Humans are always the worst. And mm-hmm, I appreciated mm-hmm, the mm-hmm, hell out mm-hmm, of that.
0: Mm-hmm. So we stop um, the butler. Vincent and Henry stop the go stop, or they, they exercise Rayer so then the other ghosts are able to be free. Using
1: science and mediums.
0: Yes, working, working together. And not only that, but like, each of them is like, oh, but what if you do that with your thing, and then I do that with my thing? And then the other one's like, yes, yes, and you do that with your thing, and I'll do that with, so they're like building on top of each other. And then at the end, Henry's like, okay, so I'm kind of a dick. I'm really sorry, I'm working on it. Also, I think you're super fucking hot and you and Miss Devereaux are like super good at your jobs. How about you two and my cousin and me, and we all pair up and we start a ghost hunting business with science and mediums. And then two more books happen and I couldn't be more delighted about it.
1: I know, I'm so excited. I, I, I also want a graphic designer who's really good at graphic design to, to to donate their amazing skills to Jordan for the book cover, because I feel like this is an amazing book that was so good, and the book covers oh not great. <laughs> it's like...
0: Yeah, it's fine.
1: It's fine. I mean, the picture of this handsome, floppy-haired young man, it's fine. But it's also very, like, community theater.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) 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 Now that you say that, that's all I can see. He's the hottest guy in your
1: community theater production of Arsenic and Old Lace.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Great, great. Um, so so yes. did so, you have anything so graphic else?
1: Graphic designer, do your best thing. No, no, I have nothing else. I loved it. It's I loved such it, a I loved good. It. It's
0: such a good
1: book. I'm, I'm gonna read the other two books. Yeah, I'm and really it's
0: excited. um, it's like barely over 200 pages, so it goes by like that. I don't know if you can hear the snap. It goes by in a snap. Oh, that was that. Well, book.
1: that's that was that book. Are you
0: ready? Am I ready? Are you ready? ready?
1: Let's play fuck
0: Buck Mary. Fuck Mary. Fuck
1: Mary. Fuck right Mary,
0: Mary, Mary.
1: Kill. Ready? Yeah. Fuck Mary. Kill. 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 Are you
0: ready? Fuck Mary. <laughs> kill. Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: Okay. 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 Okay.
0: Okay. 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 Claire. Yes. Are you ready to fuck Mary kill?
1: Let's do this thing. You go Ooh.
0: first. Hmm.
1: You go first.
0: Okay, great. Okay. Claire. Yes. Fuck Mary Kill. Rayer, who was uh-huh. the ghost in uh, Restless Spirits. Yes. Gladfield, who's the racist guy who died and then became a ghost. Yes. Or old Roddy, who's the ghost from the lighthouse. So the <laughs> awful ghosts. Fuck Mary Kill.
1: Ah, uh, okay. They're ah uh, they're all so criminally um, dreadful. They're dreadful. Okay, I'm gonna kill Roddy just because the seaweed hands, sea kelp, kelp Kelp hands, like
0: kelp hands. And like, <laughs> he's uh, like old Greg, but not even a little bit funny.
1: Yeah, no, no, it's um, oh, that no, I'm killing that guy. Um,
0: yeah. Also, he's a rapist.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: Believe it or not, he's the only of the three who's a rapist that we know of.
1: Yeah um i will have to yeah i mean yeah um i guess i am going to i'm gonna fuck um the oh what was his name reynard ray Rayer. Rayer. i'm gonna fuck Rayer. not because i think he's great and i think this will go terribly but then it's one and done it's one and done and i can and And like you know he's very passionate
0: like (laughs) (laughs) he's probably a really selfish lover
1: I mean look, it's one and done. It'll be over. So that's done. that's all that matters. because um, I got rid of the worst one and I can just leave that house. Mm-hmm. Um and so I'm gonna marry uh Gladfield if only because like look he tasted like wet cigars, which is not great, but at least like he didn't seem to have kill pans or be <laughs> monstrously angry all the time. So I'll just go like with those. Like that that seems the safest. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah I think I'm going to do the same I'm also going to kill old Roddy old Roddy old
1: Roddy because he
0: was just like awful for no reason like there was no reason to why he was just so dreadful also the book was awful so there we go Um, and then I'm also going to fuck Rayer because it won't be pleasant but you just have to do it once and then I'll marry Gladfields I'll put up with his bullshit, and when a ghost throws him off of the third-story balcony, I'll get all his money.
1: And he has a lot of it.
0: And he has too much of it.
1: Although, wait. So did they give all that gold to Denise?
0: They don't talk about it, actually.
1: Did they take that for themselves?
0: i hope so well i i imagine that they gave it to the niece because henry talked about how he was given the reward money like he was given right. the reward that he wanted to split with vincent and lizzie to start their business together so i'm imagining So they
1: They couldn't have taken the money
0: yeah i'm imagining that um and
1: they're too good a people to take wilma it. took the money i because... would have i would have stuck a couple of gold doubloons oh definitely like, and I'm like, like she techni- won't know.
0: technically <laughs> it was hers because yeah. it was she. She's related to. Yeah. You know. No,
1: I would just pocket a little bit of it. They yeah. put me through hell. Uh,
0: oh yeah. I I ho- they I I wish that there had been a scene where like. <laughs> oh yeah. I got the five hundred dollars. Oh and those like ten coins that I stole and got some money for. We're gonna be we're gonna be living large for a while.
1: We're fine. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 Um. Okay. Fuck Mary Kill. Uh huh. Tasting ghosts. Uh huh. Feeling ghosts.
0: Uh huh. Hearing ghosts. Okay. I'm going to... Um...
1: Once I wrote this down, honestly, like, tasting ghosts didn't seem as weird. Like, I was
0: like... <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, a, this... Uh, Restless Spirits goes out of the way to be like... It, it's kind of unusual that Vincent tastes ghosts. Yes, 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 yes. But that's just, like, him... Um, I'm going to, I think I'm going to kill tasting ghosts. Actually, no, I lied. I lied. I lied. I'm going to kill hearing ghosts because me as a human, even hearing noises in the night while I'm trying to fall asleep is unsettling to me.
1: Yeah, it's no good.
0: Even when it's like, oh, I'm sure that's a raccoon. Or like, oh, that's the house settling, or, oh, that's my roommate going into the bathroom. Just like sudden dark time noises are not my friend. So I'm going to kill hearing ghosts. And usually when they talk, they say weird things (laughs) in the stories that we read. Um, I'm going to fuck feeling ghosts. Because usually it's being cold, and I'm okay with being cold. And then also I can live like uh Gwenna Odell. Remember dear Gwenna Odell? Yes. Um from our disappointing ghost book. Um Yeah, I think I'm okay with that. And then I guess I'll marry tasting ghosts because you can cover it up when you want to, and then also it warns you when ghosts are there when they're trying not to be seen or heard.
1: Yes. I agree with all of this. And mm-hmm. also when the ghosts are good, there does seem to be an aromatherapy type of thing. Yeah, right yeah, there. yeah. Like not yeah. entirely like uh lemon and lavender, not unpleasant.
0: Well, so the the um the made was lemon and then like polish or something. Like none of them tasted good, but just no. some of them tasted better than others. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But like still. Yeah,
0: seemed, yeah, yeah. Like
1: it seemed interesting and it seemed like something you could probably learn to live with. Yeah. feeling a ghost all the time i mean once or twice again this is why we'd fuck because it's yeah. like okay interesting once or twice yeah, hearing yeah, yeah. ghosts is out hearing or ghosts if, is out
0: or if you're like um homeboy from seattle and the other ghost book where when ghosts go inside you it's the best orgasm ever <laughs> i'm okay with that
1: yeah 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 that sounds good okay. yeah
0: hearing ghosts no none of it because they go out of their way to make extra spoopy noises and i don't like it all right. Uh, okay, all the characters.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Who would you fuck, who would you marry, and who would you kill? Okay,
1: now, now I'm going to specifically say characters who are living. So we're gonna, just going to go with living characters. So we can't, like...
0: Oh, I need to change absolutely everything. No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> None of the dead ones. Um, I'm going to marry Lizzie. Fair. Because... Oh, she seemed great. She was in charge. She She's... called you on your bullshit, but also she seemed super caring. And like, actually, she wanted everybody <laughs> to be alive and beautiful, beautiful. Gorgeous. Like this She's tall Amazon of a woman a who is just graceful. Bitch. And mm. oh, and and every time she walked into a room, everybody respected that she was in charge. Like <laughs> nobody was like, and nobody like it. Like it, Vincent wasn't just like secondary in that because he was a man of color, but also because he was obviously not the person in charge of what was yeah. going on. <laughs> so, um oh, going to marry her. <laughs> um and I am going to um fuck Oh, I'm going to fuck Vincent. Yeah. He, he seems super hot and sexy, very flirty in a fun way, <laughs> and also really smart, very intelligent. Uh, very caring and emotionally intelligent and i'm into all (laughs) of that and sounded super sexy
0: that was another thing i appreciated when he was like oh i can tell um henry likes to fuck dudes i'm gonna flirt with him just to like throw him off and help us in the contest but then of course it turned into real flirting and yeah it was i was like i see where this is going Uh, i i see you jordan good job. <laughs> I want to be upset, but I also want them to get together so I'm not <laughs> upset. Um
1: and I think I'm going to kill Dex. Okay. Um because <sighs> I was not attracted to him. I thought he was his nagging behavior was in no good. I thought the way he treats his girlfriend is like shit. Um, she didn't
0: seem much better either.
1: She didn't seem much better, but honestly, uh, which one's worse? The girl who's just at home, probably maybe having parties, doesn't care too much about what's going on, but just living her own life? Or the guy who's hooked up with a younger woman and is casually flirting slash touching her slash checking out her butt, despite the fact that he knows he has a girlfriend and doesn't bring up the girlfriend?
0: Oh my God! There was a scene where she caught him looking at her butt. Perry did, and she's like, "Well, of course he was. It takes up a whole room." <laughs> Shut the fuck up, girl! Uh, I don't have time for it.
1: Done. Ugh. Anyway, so I'm just gonna kill Dex because.
0: Okay. I, That's fair. You know,
1: I I get the feeling there's a shit ton of like fans out there who super love him, and I just can't. I just cannot.
0: Yeah. 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 Okay. I am going to fuck Albert, which was Perry's uncle. Because he was nice. and <laughs> Claire looks so confused at me. Um, he was nice. Yes,
1: he was. I do. Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He also, at the end, when the lighthouse blew up, and they're like, uh, no, it totally wasn't ghosts. It was totally this other thing, right? And Albert was kind of looking at Perry like, I know something's up. I suspect it as much because I hate that place and I feel like it's haunted. But you seem to know what you're doing, so I'm just going to yeah. let it go.
1: I'm just going to let it go. Also, he was super caring. He was like, mm-hmm. um, you two come over and I'll just have food. And he did. Yeah. He just had food yeah. ready. And, he's... and he doesn't get into his son's lives too much. He's like, hey, yeah, they're, they go he, out. They're fine. He
0: probably should get into their lives a little bit more.
1: Probably. But honestly, like you know there's also like a bit of trust there and I respect yeah, that. Yeah
0: he, he's a single father to twins who are like somewhat troublesome um, and he just seems like a really nice guy so I'm going to fuck him um, I'm going to marry Vincent Henry I'm cheating I'm taking them both I'm taking them both <laughs> going to marry both of them because um, they were oh, great and just like Henry having the self-awareness to be like Ha-ha! She's actually a man! Oh, God, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, my God. And the scene between him and Lizzie where she's like, yeah, here's why you fucked up, kid. And he's like, oh, you're totally right. Okay. Mm." So he's... And we see see it alluded to earlier that, like, having Joe in his life and seeing what life is like for her has made him um, think more critically about life and, like, his his position in it and Joe's position in it. So he's, like, begun to do the work and I bet you by, like, halfway through book two he's, like, 90% of the way there. So, so, and then Vincent's just, like, so fucking sexy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm going to
0: marry them and then I'm going to kill Perry because, like, I don't think it would, it wouldn't change anything. It would absolutely change nobody's life if she died. (laughs) Which is, unfortunate for a main character of a book yeah
1: yeah i know like and yeah it's a damn shame yeah um cool and of the books
0: um i mean I'm, i don't want
1: to state the obvious i guess yeah, but
0: i'm obviously gonna marry restless spirits i'm gonna i'm gonna marry the heck out of that book it was so good everybody just please read it um and looking into it uh i was halfway through the book and i looked at um Jordan L. Hawk's bio for something, and then it mentioned, like, oh, his first, like, breakout hit was this other book, and it's just like, oh, yeah, I just bought it, like, on my tablet. I was just like, no, I'm just going to buy it. (laughs) I'm just going to buy it. Uh, So, please, everyone, read these books. Give Jordan L. Hawk money, because he absolutely deserves it. Um, And then I'm going to kill Dark House, one, because it made no sense, and two... Honestly, if your main character, if your female main character has no self esteem and doesn't learn how to stand up for herself by the end of the book, I don't care. I don't fucking care about your book, honestly. And I know I'm not the target demographic, so like
1: No, if you don't the care... author wants to kill this book. Like the author is oh, actively yeah. undermining our The this author book. is
0: embarrassed about this book yeah. and for good reason. The
1: author, like if you go to her Instagram page where she's just like, We're about to like whatever, like, you know, but so get it while you can. And then she's also like, You could also start this whole series at this other book. Like which is like six in. She's like, start it there. <laughs>
0: Because that's when I... And, okay, I know absolutely nothing about Karina Hale, so I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt, and by book six, she's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be homophobic, racist, and um, misogynistic. Maybe. I don't know if she has learned. We'll see. But, yeah, uh, this book, it was, just, it was just... And, like, if in the scene with... Um, the CEO of the website, that he was like, oh, yeah, well, you're fat and you're not pretty enough and like, I don't know if you could really work out. If she'd even been like, well, then why am I here? Why'd you bring me here if you don't think I'm good enough? Like, obviously you think that... Like, even if she, if she had stood up for herself even a little bit, it almost would have made the whole book worth it. Because worth it. The, the ghost stuff is awash. It makes no sense. Really, the only thing I could potentially care about is Perry learning to, like value herself as a person and she doesn't so i don't i don't care about the book and i feel that it uh contributes nothing to anyone other than wasting your time so that's that claire yes how do you feel about the books
1: yes the things you said where i want to kill dark house and i want to Uh, Mary, Restless Spirits and I'm going to read the other books I told my husband the second I finished it I was like, you have to read this book, it was very good and like, I'm just gonna do that I'm looking forward to the other books uh, yeah, this is great Hooray! Hooray! Neil? Yes? Is it time?
0: It's time
1: (gasps) It's time for our favorite game
0: Our favorite game!
1: christy yes yes, yes! <laughs> close enough i was really excited about that
0: it was awful it was awful before
1: that one was, that one was pretty good that one was okay that was maybe the best on
0: the... great the bar is low yeah, but thank you um <laughs> before we play the game though we do want to say um so claire and i will be participating in naNoWriMo next month november um and so between everything that's going on in life and then working on writing novels, um, we likely will not be releasing a full episode in November. It'll probably be, be uh, several, like, quick check-in episodes because we had so much fun a couple years ago talking about our NaNoWriMo stuff. And so we'd love to check in. And with each other and with you, our listeners, to so let you know how that is going. Because I can't speak for Claire, but I will be writing a romance novel.
1: I'm also going to try to write a romance novel. Yay! In large part because I do feel like, and it's the same reason we did NaNoWriMo before, that I feel like we talk so much about new writers and writers Uh first efforts and early efforts that I feel like it's really only fair that we continually reinvigorate ourselves with trying to write our own yes yes
0: (laughs) yes 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 and like as much as we you know shit on some of these books I have never written the full book so like all of these writers have done that and good for them. And I know that it's very hard and I have the lofty goal of having a first draft done by the end of November. We'll see what actually happens. And so So we're
1: going to do some mini episodes where you're just going to hear us just check in on that. Like it's a, it's a little bit of us like trying to keep on top of ourselves, give ourselves deadlines. Oh, we have to talk about this. So I guess we should write something. (laughs) Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. And, you know, just talk about something fun in November.
1: Yes, Um, very specifically, Uh. we have tried to stay in the realm of fun things as we create this, but obviously, like, the world comes in. But in November specifically, Mm -hmm. we are not going to talk about those things. In November Mm -hmm. specifically, it's about us, bitches. It's about us! (laughs) Exclusively
0: us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So that being said, let's play our favorite game, Christine, Guess. Christine. I'm ready. Okay. So our next books are The Lady's Guide to Celestial Mechanics, colon, Feminine Pursuits by Olivia Waite. I'm assuming it's like Feminine Pursuits, book one or something, but that's not. Oh yeah, book one of three in Feminine Pursuits. Okay, let's take it back. The ladies, You can keep it all in though. The Lady's Guide to Celestial Mechanics, Feminine Pursuits, book one by Olivia Waite. And Cosmic Rendezvous, Kamani Romance Book 133, by Robin Amos. First of all,
1: 133. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say 105. So, yeah. Okay. That is in a series, <laughs> book 133 in a series about astrology. Astrologers?
0: Fortune tellers. No.
1: Palm readers? No. Astronomers? Yes! Ah!
0: Okay. (laughs) Yep, 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 yep. Um, So so are there over a
1: hundred books about astronomers?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I think, I'm assuming Kamani romance book is a, I'm assuming it's a place Kamani or something. I don't know. I don't think... All 133 books are about um, an aerospace engineer and an astronaut trainee. <laughs> but that's what this book is about. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I'm so excited to the Ladies' Guide to Celestial Mechanics. It's a woman and a duchess uh, translating a French manuscript about astronomy while they fall in love.
1: Oh, nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and it's and it's period period i don't know which period but it's 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 in the past before I love cell it. phone time i'm
1: so excited before cell phone time yep
0: so these books will probably not be until december but listeners i mean go read them if you want they're probably great
1: I'm excited!
0: Yay! So thank you, Claire.
1: No, thank you, Neil.
0: Thank you, Christine. Thank you so thank much, you. Christine. Thank you, authors. Thank
1: you very much, authors. As usual, you know, we say things about books. We mm-hmm. put our opinions out there. We recognize that you also put a lot of heart and soul into your work. And that this is... We appreciate that. We appreciate what you've done.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you, And both of these writers seem especially prolific. So, you know, well done. That's very hard. And you've accomplished something very admirable.
1: And honestly, like Dark House does have a big following. And this may be somebody else's cup of tea and just didn't hit the right buttons for Neil and I. And it also does seem like maybe six more books in or something like this. This series just hits and everybody loves it. So maybe start at book four or something.
0: (laughs) Great. Um, And thank you, listeners.
1: Thank you so much, listeners. We hope
0: that you're staying safe and healthy.
1: Continue to stay safe. Continue to stay healthy. Please vote. Vote, vote, vote.
0: Vote, 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 vote. vote.
1: Um, If, like, uh, a lot of, like, registration period is over, so hopefully, but a lot hasn't, like, you can check, like, all of your states... Like, there's ways you could look to see if you can still register. Some states say you can register, like, as you're trying to vote for the first time. It's okay. Like, always check. And mm-hmm. lots of, like, there's lots of ways to get the correct information on how to vote. Please do that.
0: Please do. And if you're able to do so uh, safely and consensually... Keep... keep funny. Funny. Really good.